0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Warning You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean
1: Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. What is it? It's Tuesday. And it's already a crazy, crazy, crazy week. Well, welcome to the show. Um, We've got an incredible show for you planned today. I've got the great, and he guy's a freaking beast in every sense of the word, but the great uh, Jake Beckett. Jake Beckett, just to give you a sense, and I'll recap this as we go along, but Jake was a division one college football player for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He was a defensive MVP of the 2012 cotton bowl. He was a NFL super bowl winning uh, new England Patriot. He's a champion. He's also, after that became a combat veteran, (laughs) joined the military, went to Iraq and then he ran for Senate in Arkansas. He's our kind of conservative. He's coming up um, about 15 minutes past the hour. So at about five 15, we'll have him for you. Uh, But he's an incredible, incredible guy. I think that you'll like him. So much to talk about on today's show. I I wanted to talk initially about just a personal story uh, of, you know, I had so many experiences with people stabbing me in the back over the years and, and failing, you know, my life is just one, really a product of failure in so many senses. And I think the key is, is, is like not failing right? But it's picking yourself back up. And when you do that, the key is when you're down to take something with you to learn something along the way. So my path to any success that I've had in life has been with failure. But along the way, and what's so interesting about this is that almost timed with many of the failures are stories, uh, at least in in my past, of people stabbing me in the back. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because I'm going to talk quickly about this testimony of Jenna Ellis, who was President Trump's attorney during uh, the 2020 election when Trump when President Trump was challenging the election in all these swing states. Um, really, let me just tell you, her platform was almost entirely built by President Trump by going to war for President Trump. Uh, during the rigged 2020 election. Or again, if you're a shit lib that's watching this program, I'm sorry if you have children around earmuffs, but if you're a, a, a dirty mouth-breathing commie lib, uh, then we'll just use the term fortify. But you know what you did. Everyone knows what you did. And as, as every day that goes by, I think more people wake up to the reality that 2020 was not on the up and up in 2022, especially in certain Uh, swing states, battleground states, uh, the election was not on the up and up. And of course, part and parcel with that is the rollout of mail-in ballots in all of these swing states, uh, which has just eroded election integrity significantly over the last, you know, since 2020, certainly. Uh, But you look at even studies from, you know, Jimmy Carter. And the Carter it did something called, like I think, the Carter Commission in the State Department that found mail-in ballots, you know, paved the way for fraud. The New York Times in 2012 said mail-in ballots set you up for fraud. In all of Europe, mail-in ballots are not allowed to be used. Why? Because of their propensity for fraud. But we use them in swing states. Why? Because of their propensity for fraud. <laughs> if The Democrats thought that mail-in ballots were going to be a disadvantage for them. Put very simply, we would not be using them. But the reason why I'm telling you all this is that Jenna Ellis was President Trump's attorney. And, you know, we covered this a couple of weeks ago when she turned state's witness against Trump. And I tried to present this to you fairly, that, you know, on one hand, you have, you know, the state that is weaponized against her, just like it's weaponized against Trump. And I reject that wholesale. That is evil. And anyone who watches this show knows that the weaponization of the federal government against the American people is one of, Is one of the most important issues of our time. It's one that Republicans need to tackle head on to put a stop to, because obviously, as we know and as we're seeing, this stuff is not just going to stop with President Trump. And then next phase is the allies. And next phase after that are me and you or anyone that does not agree with the narrative. Don't even have to be a Republican because you can bet a Republican because you can bet they're going to go the state will come for RFK, for example, at some point as well. Um, but now, you know, I another thing about Jenna Ellis is that she was using, you know, all these conservative influencers helped her raise money to take a stand against the state. And then really what she did is turn to state's witness. Um, so on one hand, you have her saying, giving the giving the sense that she is going to fight the power, so to speak, and she needs help from conservatives to do that. On one hand, on the other hand, you've got a situation where the weapon the government is weaponized against her, and that's also unacceptable. But now You know, the third phase of this is that now there's this video that was obtained by ABC News that talks about this stuff that she heard third hand, that 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 basically President Trump is Hitler. Remember what I talked about yesterday about this next narrative and what's so curious about this is that all of this testimony from from Jenna Ellis saying that President Trump's not going to leave the White House because he's he's literally Hitler or something like that. It's Isn't it interestingly timed with this narrative in the Democrat playbook that I just presented to you yesterday? Isn't it funny how the media uses their lackeys on television to push a narrative, along with their lackeys, Democrats in Congress to push a narrative, along with their lackeys in print media to push a narrative, and now the very people that the state is putting pressure on to flip against Trump, well, hot damn. They're parroting the same exact narrative. And look, I'm just telling you, like, this kind of stuff really, really upsets me. And, and I think back to, you know, this first of all, this this interview with President Trump with I think it was with Roger Ailes back in the day where President Trump talks about his failures and that there were times in his life where he was almost bankrupt or was really struggling financially. And he says there, you know, yeah, failures hurt but what what amazed what amazed him and I'm paraphrasing here but what what amazed president trump was how quick some people stabbed him in the back when he was down and i have to tell you you know as i have gotten into politics more and more i have experienced a similar dynamic and you know What's interesting about that, and you, know, you all know, if you're watching this show, especially if you're watching from Red Voice Media, and you might not know who I am, um, but those people who are watching on my Rumble page, you do, but ran for Congress in, in, in a swing district in 2020, spoke in primetime at the convention, got close with the Trump family through all that. President Trump called me out randomly to run, didn't have any association with the Trumps prior to him calling me out. So the, a relationship was built over time. And then I turned around and ran for Senate and had the system essentially weaponized against me in the Senate race in really, really terrible ways. And what's crazy about that is that I was riding high during that time. I mean, we are up 30 points in the primary. We'd just gotten President Trump's endorsement. A year out before the general election, we were up six points over Fetterman, and then it all came crashing down because the the system came after my family. And believe me, there's gonna become a time where I'm gonna give you all the inside scoop on what happened, but that time is not now, but it's coming. Um, But the point is, is that all of these people that were riding high with me, that called me and texted me five, six times a day, that asked me to come on their shows, a lot of these people stopped returning my calls. Some of them even attacked me and stabbed me in the back. Uh, And I have to tell you that that hurts. That hurts. There were also people who stuck with me every step of the way. and. I guess what these, have, these experiences have given me is just a sense of perspective. If there is a silver lining to failure, is that one, the lessons learned, but as people throw you to the wolves in those moments, at least you become aware of who those people are in your lives, and it allows you to build a circle, I mean, to use a phrase for meet the parents, a circle of trust in your life of people that really love you and really support you. And that stuff matters. And unfortunately for President Trump, he's going through another moment like that in his life where he's got the very people who are in his inner circle that were helping him lock horns with the deep state, with the radical left, that challenged the election in 2020. The media would have you believe that he tried to overturn the election. That's garbage. All he did was try to kick electors back to the, to the state governments. Because again, the state governments know how best to deal with elections in their own backyard. That's how our system of government was designed. The Democrats tried to do that in 2016. None of those people are charged with insurrection or trying to overturn an election. President Trump was just following his constitutional mandate as president to investigate election that was clearly filled and ripe with fraud. There's no question about it walk down the street in Philadelphia. Well, actually don't walk down the street in Philadelphia because it's just dangerous as hell. <laughs> but ask a Democrat in Philadelphia that's not affiliated with politics. Hey, do you guys, is there voter fraud in Philadelphia? And they will laugh and you would be like, it's Philadelphia. Of course there is. So of course there are issues with our elections. Democrats have been cheating in every election since 1960. Mail-in ballots have created a scenario where they can cheat now on a very large scale. And the Democrats and the And they don't want us talking about that and brand us as conspiracy theorists or election deniers and even the Republican, the Republican side of the House and say elections are about the future. And we're going to get to stock platitudes in a second and challenging those as we move on with the show. But, hey, look, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. We've got to shore up our elections because that matters to the people of our party in the future. But the media doesn't want us talking about this because they don't want to fix the problems that we that we have. Okay, but I want you to see this video. uh, of, of Jenna Ellis and the ABC News obtained somehow, and they likely obtained it from the very prosecutors who were doing the line of questioning. Uh, but before I do that, let me just thank uh, Deepwell, uh, Deepwell Services for sponsoring this program. And I also want to thank Cabot Guns. Deepwell is an amazing American drilling company. They're hiring all over the country, locations all over the country. They're not just hiring on oil rigs. They're hiring actual office positions as well, social media, marketing, um, community outreach, community engagement. If you're willing to do the hard work and you want to be a green hat on an oil field, start at 50 grand. And in five years, if you follow Deepwell's educational track, you make $250,000. Life-changing sum of money. Do it right out of high school. So there's that. Cabot 1911 pistols, best pistols in America. They also came out with a tactical model called the Apocalypse. They're amazing. You should definitely check them out as well. Both of these companies took a chance on this program when it was nothing, and that matters. We as conservatives should support companies that share our values. Uh, but also, let me tell you about American Altern- Alternative Assets, because I want to get to Jake Beckett here in a couple minutes, and I want I want it to be almost interrupted with him. He's, uh, he's an amazing guy. Um, but listen up, folks, Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollars losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2-USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take Immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Call 833 the number two USA Gold. That's 833 287 2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com because Joe Biden sucks and we all need a little protection from him. Okay, let's get right to this video of Jenna Ellis uh, turning state's witness against President Trump. Go ahead and roll the tape. Have we got it? Okay.
0: There we go. uh, At the time, uh, period where that we're going to start to discuss what
1: was uh, Dan Scavino's role
2: at the time. I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place.
0: Okay, and when was that?
2: The conversation was around December nineteenth of twenty twenty uh, at the White House Christmas party, and I uh, emphasized to him. I thought that the, um, the the claims and the ability to challenge. Uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, Well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, What do you mean? And he said, Well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss, um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said, The boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, Well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, We don't care.
1: Okay. So, Here's why this doesn't matter. But the media is trying to make it seem like it's this huge, groundbreaking bomb show. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but I've watched enough lawyer shows to know that that's called hearsay. Oh, so you talked to some drunk person at a Christmas party that said President Trump is going to say this? I'm sorry. That's not admissible. That's not evidence. That's complete and other earmuffs if you have children around, but that's complete bullshit. And the fact that Jenna Ellis Took six figures from President Trump. Okay. Seriously, she made over six figures as President Trump's lawyer. And I get it. There are two components to this. You know, the federal government is, is weaponized against this woman. They're going, they're going after Jenna Ellis. It's not fair. None of, none of this situation is fair. Threatened to throw her in jail for 10 damn years uh, for representing her client. I understand that piece of it as well. But commit to the truth. President Trump. Here's what I want you all to take away from this: even though the election was stolen from him, and yes, it was. I've seen the evidence with my own two eyes. No, I'm not a whack job, crazy person. I'm not. Um, but even President Trump, even though he had the election stolen from him, he still left office on time. I mean, like, there's nothing here. Joe Biden, even though the election was rigged for him. Walked into the Oval Office at the exact time that he was supposed to. So to me, this is all just a big nothing burger. But the media is trying to say it's like a huge deal. And then there's this tweet from this, this guy that I showed you yesterday. He's just this kind of crazy person. But it, I'll just read you. It says this quote from Dan Scavino, who, by the way, Dan Scavino is one of the best, most kind people that you could possibly meet. I just, just want I want you to know that he is the nicest guy. You you can pause. He's just so nice. So it's just absurd. This whole thing is just absurd. But Dan Scavino, the boss, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. Jenna Ellis, well, it doesn't quite work like that. You realize, Scavino, we don't care. I'm sorry. I I call bullshit. I just do. I I know Dan Scavino. Even if this is what Jenna Ellis heard, it's hearsay. I don't know how it's admissible evidence in, in a case against Trump. But, you know, here's the deal. What Jenna Ellis is doing is exactly what the state wants her to do and is towing the line with the narrative and the playbook that I just revealed to you yesterday. And yes, as absurd as it sounds, their playbook going into 2024 is that Donald Trump is literally Hitler, not even exaggerating. Now they're trying to get people like Jenna Ellis to parrot the same BS. OK, this is crazy. Uh, but so, yes. So remember the golden rule. That, that anything the Democrats accuse Republicans of, they themselves are guilty of. The Democrats, the title of this episode is Democrats are all want to be tyrants because yes, they are. They're all want to be authoritarians. They're accusing Trump of being an authoritarian, but they are the tyrants. <laughs> it's just crazy to me how the golden rule always pans out. But if you made it this far, Make sure you like and rum- like this video, okay? Smash that like button. It matters. It helps with the algorithm. Rumble notices. And if you're watching from Red Voice Media, because we fill the t- 5 p.m. time slot there, make sure you make your way over here to Battleground Live and subscribe. If you're watching from Battleground Live on my personal Rumble page, make your way over to Red Voice Media and subscribe to them. They're building out. One hell of a conservative lineup over there. They got programming twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. They're the number one independent conservative media outlet, and they're great people with a great conservative lineup. Um, so, I want to bring on. I mean, we got Jake Beckett up next, and he is he's a hell of a guy. I told you a little bit about him uh, in in the lead up. But do we have Jake? Can we bring Jake on, David? Okay, so, so we're, we don't have him just yet. Um, but okay. So we, so I wanted to talk with Jake about, um, about Kathy Hochul and this video, Kathy Hochul, because, um, we've got, we've got this. Let me see if I can see if I can get with something going here with, with Jake, see if we've got him here. I want to see if I can handle this here. Um, one second. Okay. Um, okay. So we got this video of Kathy Hochul. As as I mentioned, the Democrats are trying to make it seem like Trump is the dictator. Obviously, Trump is not the dictator. And seriously, less than 24 hours after this new media narrative emerges, um, we've got Governor Kathy Hochul of New York giving a video that makes her seem like she's some sort of Star Wars, uh, some sort of a Star Wars villain. Um, If we have that video, can we go ahead and roll the tape?
2: Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit, has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe.
1: Oh, great, great. She's going to monitor New Yorkers social media posts for, quote, hate speech. You know exactly what's going to happen with that, right? She's going to she's going to monitor conservatives, people that don't agree with the narrative. So, again, uh, like right in the same breath of them calling Trump Hitler, you have Kathy Hochul, a governor of New York, saying she's going to monitor people's social media for hate speech. And the government will reach out to them should they post hate speech. Isn't that the craziest thing you ever heard? Not in today's day and age. Um, OK. All right, we got Jake now. Let's bring on, without further ado, Jake Beckett, and let me tell you a little bit about him. If you're new, I know you're you're watching this. Do we got him, David? Can we bring him on? Okay, my man, Jake, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me, brother. Oh, always, always. So I've told people a little bit about you. Defensive MVP of the 2012 Cotton Bowl for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Super Bowl champion on the New uh, New England Patriots. Infantry combat veteran. Uh, and then Arkansas, former Arkansas Senate candidate, and you're also a beast mode conservative that just savages people on Twitter on the daily. So uh, you're my kind of people, and this show people we we love people just like you. so um I, I, I gotta ask you like what what do you make of the media's narrative about? Trump is Hitler, which to me, frankly, is just an insult, while Democrats simultaneously turn around and do the exact same thing to Republicans.
0: You're exactly right. I mean, that's what the left always does, right? They always accuse us of doing exactly what they're doing themselves. And I, I like what Steve Bannon said. There was a clip that I saw from a recent interview that he did where, you know, he, I think he quite accurately pointed out that, you know, Donald Trump is actually quite moderate uh, in our movement. Yeah. You know, I, I think that people are gonna realize, the left is gonna realize, um, you know, in the near future that, you know, they're gonna be begging for the days of Donald Trump. You know, they're, they're gonna be begging for Trump to come back because what's coming after him is gonna be, um, you know, let, let's be honest, it's gonna be a much more aggressive style of attack. And, you know, I, 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 in terms of Governor Hochul or Hochul in New York, you know, it's not just the left that is doing this. Uh, you know, it's it's the Uniparty coming together. Nikki Haley uh, went on Fox News today and was calling for uh, all social media platforms to <laughs> right. dox or or out um, all these anonymous accounts, which is, um, you know, pretty, pretty shocking coming from someone who is, you know, depending on the polls that you look at, you know, either running second or third in the GOP presidential nomination. So, you know, that's what we're dealing with. I mean, our our enemies are not just in the left. They're also in the establishment GOP that as you and your listeners know, your viewers know that our problems are not just on the Democrat side. It's that the call is coming from inside the House. So what we need to do, people like you and me and everyone who's a part of this platform is we have to realize that, you know, we have to be strong and courageous. They're gonna come after us. Uh, You have to get yourself in a position where you can speak freely online or on social media without any fear of retribution from your job, from, you know, any kind of community. You have to surround yourself. You have to become a sovereign individual so you can become bulletproof against these attacks that are surely coming. And and just one more thing, Sean, I mean, you know, people talk about the founders and all these establishment GOP types that we have to return to the founding. The founding fathers, that generation, they understood the importance in some cases of being anonymous. The Federalist Papers, you know, there are many examples in early American history of, you know, people who publish things anonymously, because in some cases, that's the best way to advance an argument. So uh, it's really disturbing, in my opinion, to see this not just coming from the hard left, the governor of New York, but also from Nikki Haley and those in the establishment GOP.
1: You're so right, man. I mean, when you talk about I'll tell you what I'm tired of with the establishment GOP. And you look at, you know, Ron McDaniel. I mean, you're an NFL guy. You're a college football guy. You've played competitive sports. You've been a leader your entire life. I'm tired of the GOP being the, the party of, of what I call the gentleman losers. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of losing. It seems like we've established a culture of losing in our party where we are simply a road bump to the Democrats. So to your point about us being the Uniparty, what what are we? Just controlled opposition? And the candidates and the incumbents that the media likes are those very same losers who don't fight for anything. Everywhere I go, Jake, everywhere I go, I talk to conservatives, who, who base conservatives, our, our party, the people that are pulling the lever for Republican candidates, the number one thing that they say to me is why the hell does the GOP roll over all the time? I think people are just so sick of it.
0: Well, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I saw that on my, you know, my Senate campaign. You've run for office yourself. Unfortunately, in our system, um, you know, the uniparty, of the establishment, they have all the money, and you know, they're able to, um, you know, put out all kinds of lies and propaganda. Um, you know, that people who don't follow politics as closely, you know, they're very susceptible to that. So, you know, you have a lot of uninformed voters who, you know, they might be right wingers. They might be people who are. Um, you know, pulling the lever in, in, in a GOP primary. But, you know, they've got jobs, they've got families, they've got other interests. They don't follow these things as closely as you and I do or, you know, as as your viewers do. And so they just, you know, they really don't get it. And a lot of our problems are generational. Um, you know, the, the boomers, you know, I talk about them a lot on social media. You know, I'm not coming after your mother or father or grandma or whatever. I'm just saying in the aggregate, um, you know, there's a generational gap. You know, when I go and speak to young conservatives, you know, young right-wingers, they really get it. You know, you see a lot of head nodding in the audience and some really great questions because really people in our generation, they're the ones who are exposed to the downside risk of a lot of these, you know, more establishment policies. And then when I go talk, you know, on the campaign or to people who are a little bit older, you know, when I speak, you know, when, when I talk, you know, I'm a right-wing fire breather. Um, you know, sometimes I kind of get thousand yard stares in the audience. And <laughs> so, they, you know, it, it might get worse before it gets better, but I am bullish long term because, at, you know, generationally, as we roll over and the voting base on the right gets younger um, and more aggressive, I think you're going to see uh, some better right wing candidates, you know, break through.
1: You, it's, you know, the left, and, and I want to show you this video of RFK um, uh, in a second, but let me set it up by saying there is this weird authoritarian tyrannical streak that is running through the left. And it's so interesting to me just from, I don't know, just from a historical standpoint that the left always it was supposed to be the party of the classical liberal, that the post are supposed to be the party of tolerance. They're supposed to be the party of, of in the wake of the Vietnam war, you know, uh, screw the government. You know, if the government told you to eat white bread, you know, leftist hippies were saying they're eating wheat bread. Didn't matter what the government said. They didn't trust it. They didn't trust institutions. It seemed like in many ways, especially after the Vietnam War, they were almost at war, (laughs) like kinetic operations against some of these institutions. Um, And now things to to where even you have Hollywood celebrities. I think Steve Martin was out today. Like, "If if you elect Trump, you're literally voting for the end of democracy. It's like, when did the left, how did they turn into these authoritarian bootlickers? Before you answer that, though, Uh, Watch this video of RFK and see exactly what I mean. Check this out be in jail, I think they should be enjoying three hot and a cot at the Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. What about politicians, uh, people who deny, who, who express skepticism? They're them. selling out the public trust. And you know, I think
2: those guys who are doing the, the Koch brothers bidding and who, I guess, all the evidence of the rational mind are saying that global warming doesn't exist. That they are contemptible human beings, and that you know, I wish that there were a uh, law you could punish
0: them under. I don't think there's a, war, a law that you can punish those politicians under, but I, do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless and dangerous? Absolutely. That's-
1: I mean, that's RFK, who, who a mainstream presidential candidate who's getting some 20 plus percent of the vote as an independent is, is calling for throwing people who deny climate change in prison. I mean, what the hell is going on here?
0: Yeah, I mean, to go back to what you, you said before, um, you know, the, the leftist talking points about free speech and, you know, uh, the, the free marketplace of ideas, I mean, that was all just a front, right? And so it, what I've always said is that if you wanna see where America is going, just look at college campuses or, you know, media newsrooms, you know, that, that was, you know, during the Vietnam era in the 60s, before the left had full control of the, of the academic institutions, you know, they pretended to be champions of free speech until they got full control. And then all that went out the window. And that, that's really what happened in the long march through our institutions is that, you know, they, they kind of use this Trojan horse strategy of pretending to have classical liberal ideals, but then once they have full control and dissent is, is crushed, then that kind of dissent is no longer tolerated. So what I think we have to do is, you know, it might be unpalatable or a little bit unsavory to some of our people, um, you know, who, who want to stand for those ideals, but you have to fight fire with fire. I mean, you know, tolerance, in my opinion, is a is a virtue for a weak-minded people. Um, you know, you, you have to have a worldview, and that worldview, you have to believe in it enough to, um, you know, not tolerate dissent. Uh, I, I I wish that we could go back to, you know, the days of the founding and a kind of a free marketplace, and you know, you can be this and you can be that. But you know, I think we have to lay down a marker about what this country and what these individual states need to be. Um, you know, like, of course, I wish I could go, we, we could go back and turn back the clock and, um, you know, have more of a debate. And, you know, we could just, you know, restart the debate club and, you know, talk about ideas and just kind of <laughs> fence through these issues. But I, I, frankly, I just think those days are over. And I'm, I'm not saying that we have to become petty tyrants ourselves, but we have to lay down some markers about what we believe and say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, it, it's it's kind of like a military unit. You know, a, a lot of the institutions that we revere in this country military units, uh, you know, sports franchises, you know, whatever it is, you know, any successful small business, they're not run like democracies. You know, they're, they're run from the top down. You have great leadership and you have people who follow uh, the dictates of that leader. And, and, you know, as far as RFK goes, you know, like he's, he's not someone who's a rock rib conservative. You know, he's obviously not someone who's going to be a GOP champion on a lot of issues, but I will give him some credit. I mean, he's right on a couple of issues that are important to me, like the vaccines like these captured institutions, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think in the broader context of that clip, you know, that was from a few years ago. Um, He was talking about throwing the Koch brothers in prison, which I mean, let's be honest, the Koch brothers were big time (laughs) champions of open borders, um, of these jailbreak policies that swept the country. So I'm not saying I throw them in prison, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let RFK kind of be himself. I'm not gonna marry that guy, but I'm going to rent some of his correct (laughs) policy positions Um, On on things that I care about, and and just just to say one more thing, you know, I think I've told people in in my discussions that I think this election has a lot of parallels. The 2024 election has a lot of parallels with 1968. There's a great book I'd recommend for anyone, written by Pat Buchanan, uh, who is a a, a great, uh, you know, obviously former uh, GOP presidential candidate and a great thinker. He got his start working for Richard Nixon uh, in the 1968 Mm -hmm. presidential campaign, and I think this election is very similar. You have an old Democrat candidate kind of like LBJ was, who, of course, dropped out in favor of Hubert Humphrey. You had RFK Sr., who challenged um, uh, uh, LBJ in that primary, which eventually caused him to drop out. Then you had a third-party candidate, you know, who was George Wallace back in those days, and today it's RFK Jr. And I think it's kind of unclear what's going to happen if RFK is going to hurt Trump or help Trump. But I I don't know. I I tend to think that he's going to help him at the end of the day. I think there's a lot of parallels between our society today than in 1968. Um, And I think it could be a, you know, a GOP victory in this divided electoral landscape that we have.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating because I oscillate back and forth on this with RFK. Initially, I thought, well, of course, RFK is a Democrat, even if he goes as an independent. The Democrats don't want that. I mean, the Democrats don't want him on the ballot as an independent because he's a Democrat. And you would think that as a Democrat, he would siphon votes away from the Democrat side of the House, right? But I've also seen polling that shows him hurting Trump in a bizarre way. And we have Rich Barris on the show from time to time. And he talks about the Joe Rogan voter and the Aaron Rodgers voter or people who maybe like watch these two guys, maybe agree with them on the vaccine, sort of like what RFK, I mean, I I agree with you, like he took a courageous stance against the vaccines when very few people were doing that. And I I actually have a lot of respect for him for that as well. Um, But I've seen him also taking votes from Trump in some of these critical swing states sort of as like, if I have to pick between, first of all, I want an outsider. If I have to pick between two outsiders, I'm going to go with RFK, but now I've seen polling that's come out the third, fourth round of polling, and it shows that, that RFK is probably hurting Biden now. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, um, I got to ask you before we move on to sort of the sports stuff and like this, this, this woke pandemic, uh, within sports. I mean, frankly, I, I have to tell you, like the fact that guys like you aren't on ESPN or some of these mainstream sports outlets doing commentary, like, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Like why, why, why do you have to be a, a liberal or someone who toes the woke line to do some of those? I mean, why it does, it doesn't make any sense to me. Do you have a, why is that?
0: Yeah, I think it just goes back to more institutional capture as we just talked about, um, you know, these, these major media corporations, you know, they're, they're captive to the same leftist forces that other institutions Uh, you know, were exposed to earlier. And you've got all kinds of DEI initiatives and, you know, ESG. A lot of these, you know, Disney is the parent company of ESPN. You know, obviously, they're a major publicly traded company. They're going to be susceptible to these same mandates. uh, And that's why, you know, their ratings have been in the tank, you know, for a number of years. And if it wasn't for live sports, you know, these (laughs) these media empires would have collapsed a long time ago. Um, But, you know, I, I think that the silver lining is that you've seen the rise of other outlets like Outkick and, you know, some others um, you know, which is now in the in the Fox umbrella, um, you know, that are that are hiring some interesting people and you know, kind of giving you it's not politics, you know, you know, branded under sports, but it's just not the the leftist nonsense that you see on, you know, ESPN and you know all these just deranged networks. They just they they just can't help but insert, you know, politics uh into their, you know, into their programming. But at the end of the day, you know, to circle back to what we said, you know, like we we can't pretend anymore that these institutions are going to be neutral. You know, we can't fight for neutrality. We have to fight to win. You know, our worldview, our ideology has to be ascendant. And, you know, we it's kill or be killed, you know, crush or be crushed. And, you know, that's the kind of, you know, aggressive mentality we have to have. And I, I still enjoy commenting on sports. You know, I do so on social media. I do so on Outkick, some other outlets, um, you know, but I, I wouldn't be caught dead watching any of these networks um, unless it was my Arkansas Razorbacks playing a football or a basketball game.
1: So many people who we talk to in the live chat because I'll get on the show probably an hour or before and just engage with people. And I, I I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fans, which I told people the only thing I don't like about you is that you were a New England Patriot and they were the bane of, of the Steelers existence for most of my adult life. <laughs> but but I, I there was a time when the NFL rolled out all this woke BS and they were doing the, the Black Lives Matter stuff and they were kneeling for the anthem where I stopped watching the NFL for a couple of seasons. And then I said to myself one day, well, why am I going to let all these commie mouth breathing losers if, like, change the way that I do things and stop me from watching a sport that I love, you know, uh, because there are guys in the NFL that are just like you. And and if I tune out completely, then I, I I'm not supporting the guys who need to be supported guys like you. I mean, there are plenty of conservatives in the NFL, right? Oh yeah.
0: You know, the NFL locker room is much more conservative than I think a lot of people perceive, you know, Kaepernick, obviously, I mean, he was a lunatic and there, you know, there's always some crazy guys, but I mean, really, um, you know, when, when guys first open that, uh, that first pay stub and see the withholding uh, the, the taxes that are withheld out of their first paycheck, <laughs> that, that'll make a fiscal conservative out of anyone. Um, you know, and it's really, you know, the, the Patriots, you know, coach Belichick, he he places a premium on, you know, guys who have leadership qualities and, you know, guys who are like team captains. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of intelligent guys, um, in in many NFL locker rooms, you know, who are very thoughtful about politics and it's just like anyone else, you know, it's the the left wing coalition, as we all know is, you know, it's, it's it's kind of an island of misfit boys. It's a lot of people who are angry (laughs) at the world. And, you know, they, they cloak their anger at the world and at themselves in their political view they, they, they say it's politics, but really it's, it's all personal. And so you see guys in the NFL who are, you know, who have been very successful, um, you know, they become more conservative over time, not just fiscally, but socially as well. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't say don't watch sports. I mean, I, I agree with what you say. Like if you enjoy something, you know, don't let, don't let the, the, the left wing drivel um, you know, dictate what you're going to do or, or, or what you're not going to do. But, you know, I would encourage people to be more intentional about what you give your money to, um, you know, how you spend your time um, and just always have that armor on, you know, just, just be able to, to notice things, you know, be be more mindful that when you're watching that, you know, there's always going to be a propaganda campaign. If it's not the programming, it's the commercials. They're always trying to sneak in, trying to Trojan horse their worldview. So just always be careful that you're not falling into those traps.
1: So. I saw this story and I completely agree with you by the way, but I saw the story of this kid out from California an eighth grader. He was suspended and banned from uh, all school sporting events for wearing blackface to a football game. And the only problem was it was just eye black and I've seen NFL. Yeah. Do we have a picture of the kid that we can put up there for people, David, anything like that on from the outkick article. If you do throw it up there while we're talking. Yeah. Look at this kid. This kid's a football player. I've seen NFL players do this. Like, you know, Kevin Green used to do this on the Steelers. I mean, the kid gets banned from all sporting events for wearing blackface, except for it wasn't blackface. It's just eye black. Jake, what is your take on on this insanity? I mean, this is nuts.
0: Yeah, I I just encourage people to look at that and understand where we are, you know, because another story that went viral on social media. Obviously, it wasn't covered by mainstream outlets, you know, but there was a high school kid this week who was literally surrounded and beaten to death. Um, you know, by 15 kids, you know, in one of these, you know, gang thug style mass attacks and the kid died. And, you know, that's, of course, that was a racially charged incident. I think like almost all the 15 uh, assailants were black and this kid was white. And of course this kid, you know, this eight year old kid wearing face paint, he's the one who's being banned from all sporting events. And he's the one wow. who's becoming a nationwide story. And they're trying to single out because they, this is just all part of that worldview we've been discussing the left. They have to create these boogeymen you know, Trump has to be Hitler. You know, all of us have to be Nazis because they have to keep inventing villains for them to fight. That's how they advance the ball. They've always got to see themselves as the underdogs. And all I can advise, you know, if you're that kid's family, you know, you just, you've got, to, you're obviously in a situation where, you know, you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be under the thumb of tyranny wherever that school, wherever that kid is going to school. You've got to leave those places. You know, I wish you could say, hey, we're going to stick around and change things you know, maybe, maybe down the line, but you've got to get your children out of there into a place where they're not going to be persecuted for wearing eye black or or accused of a hate crime or accused of racism, you know, whatever that even means. So, you know, I don't have children, but you know, the, the people who do, um, you know, there, there's so much stuff happening in these schools, not just public schools, but private schools. That's why I'm a big advocate for homeschooling, charter schools, just getting, getting children out of this left wing government, um, you know, mass produced little commie, um, you know, terrorist factories that are the public education system.
1: You know, I feel so bad for this kid because clearly, you know, he is just going to have to live with this his entire life. I mean, they're trying to brand this kid as some sort of racist and kids only in eighth grade. He was just trying to play football, trying to better. I mean, he's on a football team, trying to better himself, trying to maybe look intimidating to the opposing team. I mean, you know what that's like. I mean, you played football your entire life and it just upsets me to see, you know, a system that was meant to educate children be weaponized against even a small children. But I guess it's indicative of the times that we're in when you see the federal government, even once venerated institutions, uh, you know, like the CDC. I mean, nobody questioned the CDC 10, 15 years ago. Now everybody does. And it just seems like you know, the FBI, the DOJ and, and, and institutions that Americans once believed in, they don't anymore. And, the, and, and now we see like even something like this where it's getting weaponized against a kid. It's just shameful.
0: No, you're exactly right. And that's just I, I say know where we are, understand the times that we're living in. You know, you, I, and I, I've fallen victim to this, too. You know, you want to look at things optimistically. And I'm not saying get blackbilled or, or like look at everything, you know, and get very depressed. I'm just saying, you, you can't look at things the way that you wish they were. You have to look at things for the way they are. And, and, and we're, we're simply not living in the same country that we were even 10, 15 years ago. When I was growing up, my, my favorite player for the Razorbacks was this fullback who painted his face all black like that. His name was Sasha Lancaster. And I mean, the idea that anyone saw that fifteen years ago and thought that that was some kind of a um, you know racist dog whistle—I mean, this is ludicrous. It's yeah. like you can't—you you can't even dignify. That reasoning, you know, with the response, you just have to look at it, evaluate, say, okay, this is not a a, a situation that I can put my loved ones in and we have to leave.
1: Okay. So I got to get your take on this Megan Rapinoe video. I guess she was playing her last game. I I can't stand this woman. I think she's one of the worst people on the face of the planet. I mean, maybe you know her. I mean, maybe you've got a different opinion of her, but I saw her in this press conference uh, that she gave, uh, she got injured in her last game of her career ever, which is as an athlete myself, I'd never wish that on anybody that that would be pretty terrible. But it just every interview she gives, it seems like she comes off as one of the most unlikable people beyond sports, just an unlikable person, entirely focused on herself, just a bad juju all the way around. Um, let's roll the tape of this Megan Rapinoe video, and I want to get your reaction after Jake. And
2: this is a long one, although I'm, I'm going to get the Aaron Rodgers treatment, whatever that is. Um, so, I'm going to be calling him or whoever did his surgery because we need to speed this up. But yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there wasn't God, like, this is proof that there isn't. This is <laughs> up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just, it's just <laughs> up because like, <laughs> six minutes in, <laughs> eat my Achilles. I mean, what the <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't even know what to say. To me, that's proof that there is a god. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, but like, our children. I mean, I, I, as someone who grew up watching the NFL and the NHL, and I, I, I loved some of these athletes. They were, they were heroes to me. They were examples to me. Um, they inspired me to play sports. But, but what our kids watch this, right? And so, get what do, you, what do you make of all that?
0: I mean, that's, that's a perfect example of someone who is just angry at the world, um, angry at herself, angry at God. You know, just to, to say that an injury is, you know, to, to use that as an excuse to just commit blasphemy, um, you know, and become a viral story. You know, that, that's, that's who she is. And, you know, I think she's someone who, who cloaked her self hatred and her hatred of the world um, in her political worldview. Um, You know, my my take on this is that she faked this injury, and that it was this was all just a scam to keep to to keep herself like relevant. And you know, she couldn't just walk away; she had to make it about her. You know, she she had to. You know, so I mean, like you know, that's kind of a joke, but it wouldn't surprise me if if this was all just some kind of a stunt. And you know, that's just like you can't take these people. You know, it's fine to talk about it. You know, so we can have this discussion and understand what's happening, but. You can't take her words at face value because so many leftists are angry at the world, they're angry at God, they're angry at themselves, and they cloak all that hatred with a political aura, and they use that to weaponize their beliefs against people like us. So we have to see them as the enemy. You know, Our enemies are not in Russia. They're not in the Middle East. Our enemies are right here, and and we have to focus inwards. Um, And realize where we are in this country and where things are going. And what we have to do as individuals, as believers, as conservatives to protect ourselves, you know, and, and build something new out of the ashes of what the left has done to us.
1: I mean, it's uh, so well said. I mean, you look at like comments like that from Megan Rapino, and it seems like those comments go viral on the left as something that should be applauded and celebrated. But then you see videos uh, of CJ Stroud, who is a quarterback for the Houston Texans. And I want to play you a quick video for him here real quickly. Uh, but then you have videos of him where he's talking about God and you hardly see it. The NFL sure as hell wasn't sharing that. Or even before that, Tim Tebow out there praying after games or taking it, taking a knee for different reasons. Right. Not protesting the flag, but taking a knee to give thanks to God. And he's he's almost condemned by the NFL for doing that. And it just gives you a sense of what we as traditional Americans, as conservatives are up against. But uh for the viewers who who aren't maybe aware of who C.J. Stroud is, let's roll this tape and get a sense of the kind of quality of man this this guy is. Check it out.
2: Um, for me, I mean, um, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of just um, knowing that, man, God wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle, um, and um, it, I don't deserve his grace and his mercy, um, but he still gives it to me, and I love him for that, because, I mean, it's nothing. That, it's not about me, it's about him um, and his glory, so um, I think that's where it comes from. I think God maybe like that. I've been through a lot, not only in football, but um, things that uh, made me just kind of chill during uh, when everything's going crazy, um, and I thank God for putting that on me, because that's something that... Uh, put I mean,
1: what does it say about the state of America that people like Megan Rapino are elevated and people like CJ Stroud, you know, there's again, the NFL sure as hell isn't sharing that from their Twitter page, you know?
0: No, that's a great point. And I love what you said that, you know, it's, it's nothing that he deserves, you know, it's just that mercy that, that God's given him. And, you know, he, here's a guy, I, I don't know th- that much about his story, but, you know, I do know that his, his father's in prison, you know, serving a long sentence, you know, he, he's someone who's you know, overcome a lot of adversity, um, you know, that was, I mean, like not, you know, self-inflicted, but you know, he, like his, his life could have taken a different turn and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we, we don't want to, um, you know, overly, um, you know, lionize this guy, you know, he's just starting in his career. Um, but, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage to say that because, you know, he's got to know that that's not, you know, that that's not the preferred narrative right now. You know, the, the clip that we saw earlier from, you know, I mean, that's, that's what the left and the media want to share this, this, this atheism, this skepticism, this, in many cases, outright persecution of believers. And on the other hand, here's someone like Stroud, someone like Ebo and so many others who, who you know, are not like celebrities or brand name players. But you know, I, I play with, with so many guys in my college locker room and in my NFL locker room with the Patriots. We had such a great uh, team Bible study and some great leaders and a great chaplain. And, you know, there, there's a lot of believers out there, you know, obviously when you're putting yourself in harm's way in the military or, um, you know, football is a dangerous sport. Um, you know, it, it draws you closer to the Lord because you know that, you know, that next role could be your last, you know, that next snap on the field, um, you know, could be the last before a potentially, you know, life altering injury. Um, you know, so it, 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 it draws you closer, um, you know, to your faith and to God, because, um, you know, for those who are mindful of it, I mean, it, it's, it's a it's a serious situation, and so I, I really, I, you know, tip of the cap to the Stroud for saying that, knowing that, um, you know, that was going to put a target on his back, and you know, there's going to be people out there just in the in the sick, you know, media landscape that we're in, um, people are now going to be rooting for his demise um, and for his play to fall off now that he's such an outspoken and public believer. So, um, you know, prayers up for him, and I, I really support all athletes and anyone who, who's bold enough to share their faith. Um, you know, in the public square, because we need a lot more of that, um, you know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna build something, something new and something special here in this, uh, in this land of ours.
1: You know, I I couldn't agree with you more. And it's something there, you know, the left is very deliberate about the things that they do. And I often say just as somebody who's been to combat, and I know you've been to combat as well, I respect how relentless they are. I I respect that they almost have overlapping fields of fire in almost everything that they do, that their Democrat politicians all echo the same stuff. Their lackeys in the media all echo the same stuff. Uh, print media people all echo the same stuff. And then it, and the mission is to detach people from their faith to to break up the nuclear family. And 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 at the end of the day, which I hate that phrase, but. Whenever you weaken the family and you detach people from their faith, it makes it easier to manipulate them. Uh, But, you know, basically worshiping the end end state for them is them worshiping a state and not a God, you know, and it seems like family and God are barriers to their ability to do that. And that's what seems like people like Megan Rapinoe are always elevated and people like CJ Stroud are not.
0: No, that's exactly right, and that's why I think that you know if we're going to have a rebirth in this nation, it's got to start with a, a a rebirth of faith. And you know, people that's the, why the left, you know, you see on social media they attack people um, like me or like some people who I who I enjoy reading and and, and commenting on as Christian nationalists and you know people who want to <laughs> impose a theocracy. Um, but you know, it, it was you know th- this country. I mean, if you if you're bold enough to you know study the founding from a objective historical perspective, I mean, they were very clear that this this type of government was only fit for a very highly religious people, um, you know, who were capable of self-governance, who were capable of fostering a civil society. That is only possible. We've seen that around the world. It's only possible, um, you know, with a a society like that, that is very highly religious um, and believes these things without the government telling them what or what not to do. Um, And just, uh, you know, just as an example, I was, I had a Twitter exchange with a buddy of mine the other day uh, in terms of tactics, you know, you're right. I mean, like you have to, you have to admire the left in some ways for the, the, the boldness with which they fight, um, just how tenacious they are, how they never give an inch, how they're always pressing forward and always moving that Overton window. And, you know, there's a great movie coming out in a couple of weeks, at least I hope it's great. I'm excited for it. The Napoleon movie starring Joaquin Phoenix, directed by Ridley (laughs) Scott. I'm a huge Napoleonic history buff. Some would say history nerd. And and just to (laughs) to, to complete the metaphor, you know, Napoleon, he basically kicked the asses of every European nation for about 10 to 15 years. And finally, these other European, you know, kings and commanders, they took a step back and said, okay, this guy is annihilating us in every campaign. Every coalition has failed. We've got to take a step back and reevaluate our tactics. Why are we losing? Why is this guy beating us? Why can we not? Why can we not defeat this man? And so, what they did was they adopted a lot of his tactics. They reformed their militaries along the lines that Napoleon had done to the French military. They avoided directly fighting him in combat. They focused on attacking his his uh, marshals, his other corps commanders, and not not directly engaging Napoleon himself on the battlefield. So the point is, is they they recognized what they were doing was not working and they adjusted their tactics and strategy accordingly and even adopted some of the tactics of their enemies. So I, I think that we should do that politically. We should do that in our communities. You know, not that we're ever going to be, we're, we're not going to outleft the left, but we have to step back and realize that the tactics we, with, with which we've been fighting have not been successful. Everything we've done has led us to this moment, which I think we can all agree is not a good place in this country in 2023. So we have to reevaluate. We have to start thinking outside the box and as you and I both know, we have to have new leaders who are going to move that ball in the right direction.
1: Man, I could. I mean, that dovetails perfectly with the last thing I want to talk to you about. is the importance of the Republican Party evolving their tactics. You know, I talk often on this program about being a platoon leader in combat and how the enemy evolves and how it was ridiculous that people attacked Trump for saying that Hezbollah is smart. If you fought them, fought any insurgent in an asymmetric environment, you know that they are smart. And then in, in the only way for you to survive. Yeah is to be constantly evolving your tactics. Well, the Republican Party doesn't do that. And because we don't do that, over the last 20, 30, 40 years, we've conserved, right? We're conservatives. We've conserved very little. And I want to show you this Steve Bannon clip. And you you spoke about it really at the top of the hour. Uh, but it's just, uh, to me, it's just, and if you've got kids listening, you're going to throw earmuffs up, there's going to be some explicit language in this clip. But to me, this is the path forward for conservatives. And that, don't engage with the media, uh, especially with the false premises of their questions and and the ideas that they put forth. And Steve Bannon just does an amazing job in this in this video of rejecting what I call stock platitudes and politics, the idea that we should fight terrorists there to keep them from fighting here or that our elections are about the future, or uh, we, we can't talk about 2020 because we should be talking about the future voter. you know what I mean like that, those are all stock platitudes that have no empirical evidence to back them up. And when politicians on either side of the aisle trot them out, voters should be very suspicious. And so watch this video of Steve Bannon, and I want to talk about it for the last couple of minutes that we have on the program. Go ahead and roll the tape. the campaign, Donald Trump stood up at the the convention and said, I
2: am your
1: voice. And now Trump says, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Backward-looking, vengeful, grievance-driven. You know that the way people win in America is to talk about the future. They, yeah, talk, about the, full, they talk about the future. Okay, I'm so sick. the future. They Stop. talk, they talk I'm about so the voters. I'm so fucking sick of people say election's about the future. Yeah. That is total Are bullshit. Are they about the voters? It's about the lived experience of the voters. Yeah. Because the lived experience of their lives sucks. And the reason it sucks is a fucking unfeeling uniparty in Washington, D.C. that says, go fuck yourself. You're nothing but serfs, and we don't give a shit about you. So you- I mean... The language is tough, but it's hard to disagree with him. And so, Jake, I got two minutes. Give, give me your thoughts on this. Yeah,
0: I'll make it quick. I mean, I, I agree with every word that he said there. Um, you know, Steve has his finger on the pulse, um, and, and you know, I, I think he's he's right that you know we should never adopt the the false premises that the media gives us. You know, a good example. You know, here, here's the GOP leadership in a nutshell. You know, NBC News. You know, they they led the Russia collusion hoax. You know, after the 2016 election. You know, they, they ran the, you know, the, the, all of the, um, you know, weapons of government, you know, the, the, all the, all the hoaxes. I mean, there's too many to name in 2020 and then the GOP rewards NBC news with hosting a GOP presidential yeah. debate in, in Miami a couple of weeks ago or last week, whatever that was. And like, like all, like tip of the cap to Vivek, Ramaswamy for calling that out, yeah. you know, <laughs> saying that Ron and Daniel should resign. But like, that's, that's exactly the, the, the point is like, you know, why is Cornell West, you know, this, this left-wing radical, why is he not on every ballot? Why, why is the GOP not putting him on every swing state ballot in exactly. 2024? I mean, we're, we're just, we're not fighting asymmetrically. We're not fighting in the same way, you know, that, that, that you in particular saw from insurgencies in the mm-hmm. Middle East. We've got to adopt that mindset. We're no longer the dominant force. I hate to break it to you in American politics. We have to fight asymmetrically. And one more example: I spent a lot of time in Southern California recently. Orange County in Southern California has done a tremendous job. They realize that they lost the statewide fight. Okay, that sucks. They're moving on. They have started to fight hardcore at the county level. They have a sophisticated ballot harvesting operation. They've taken over city councils, school boards. I mean, in Orange County, California, they have an anti-vaccine mandate. They have an anti-mask mandate. I mean, this awesome. is California. So that's what's possible. You know, just extreme localism, control the areas you can control and you fight from the
1: inside out, not the, not the outside in. Jake, awesome. Tell us real quickly where people can find you.
0: At Jake Beckett 91 on Twitter. Uh, go
1: check out the Jake Beckett show
0: podcast on all social media platforms. And Sean, once again, brother, thanks for having me on.
1: You got it, man. Great to see you. Thank you for coming on. Take care. All right, see you. All right, everybody. That's Jake Beckett. We're going to have him on again, or at least I'm going to ask him again. But if you've made it through the hour, make sure you like this this video. Like this episode. Smash that like button. It really matters. Rumble notices that stuff. Subscribe to this show. We're growing like gangbusters and none of it's possible without you. We got an amazing show for you tomorrow. So as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for being in the trenches with me. Thank you for fighting for this country with me in the same platoon. God bless you all. We got Drew Burquist coming up next from six to nine. Check him out on Red Voice Media. God bless this amazing country that we live in. Take care. See you tomorrow night.